Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I'm Ann Goddard, and I grew up way up north. Um, very, very small town. We didn't even have a population sign. I grew up in the church, but... Um, I think somewhere along the line is, you know, you become an adult, I kind of lost the church. I couldn't, I didn't fit into a church. Um, I'm Shane Goddard. I, uh, I was born in the cities and grew up in a, first seven years in a small town, Brook Park. Uh, and then we moved to the bigger town of Hinkley, all of 900 people. We met when um, I was 16 and Shane was 17. Um, we actually met in the town that we live in now. I was from graduated from Deer River and I was a cheerleader. And we came down here for a tournament in Pine City and we stopped at Hardy's in Hinkley. And that's where we that's where we met because he was working there. And she came in and I saw her in the lobby and I was like, man. She's gorgeous. And uh, so I had one of my coworkers, you know, get her number for me. And, um, and we talked for a few hours. And, uh, and we hung up and I cried for about three or four hours. And then uh, I didn't hear from her again until um, the fall of 2018. At the, one, at the one point where um, God started trying to get to me and, and put his name in my head, um, we kind of discussed this after, was about when he was at his lowest point. So I spent, you know, when I was in the Army, you know, there were a lot of times where I, uh, I really reached out to God, and then I would take control back. And it was, you know, I knew better. Um, I thought I could do better. I thought I, I knew the right way. And I spent most of my life messing it up. Uh, many failed marriages, infidelity, you know, dealing with porn and things that just not live my life right. And uh, it was probably around 2015 or so, uh, July actually, 2015, that I started to get my life straight. And I just continually grew closer to God. Um, but it was right around, it, it was uh, January of December 2017, January uh, 2018, I was like, I need to get baptized. I've been christened, but I needed to do it on my own, my own free will. So I got baptized, and uh, it, was, it was a cool feeling. But it was a few months, and things in my life, I was in a very, uh, I was in a relationship that wasn't, uh, I was struggling with it. Why should I stick around? And I thought about my son. 
my son had already lost his, his mother and his brother, and I was like, yeah, I can't do that to him. So that was my fight. Um, but then I had words with God. Um, but I finally got to the point where I stopped trying to take control. And I said, God, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what it is. But I can't do this. And I don't know where I'm going to end up. But my life is now yours completely. It just it better glorify the crap out of your name. And those were the, well, there was a different word than crap that I used. Um, and the next morning, I woke up with the greatest sense of peace I've ever felt in my life. Through my entire life. I can't explain it. Nothing can make me mad. I wanted to be mad that I couldn't get mad, and I couldn't get mad over that. People would cut me off in traffic, and I, my first thought was, I hope they're okay. I hope, you know, whatever's going on in their life, they're okay. Everything was changed. As far as this church goes, I drove by here with my son one day, and I was like, I need to go there. Uh, Ann was out of town, and we talked, and I said, I'm going to church Sunday after we get back. And she goes, oh, yeah, I want to go to this church. I said, well, I'm going to the bridge. I said, you're welcome to join me if you want. For me, um, I, I went to the church as a child. I was baptized. I went to the communion. Um, but I lost my way. As becoming a young adult and stuff, it, it wasn't one of those things that was important. In my 30s, I went to many different churches, but I never found a church that I felt was right for me um, until I came here. Um, it was a couple years ago when I brought my young son for the Easter egg contest and, and the Easter egg hunt night. I fell in love with this church, but again, I wasn't in the spot where I could have that faith. Um, and then I, I met Shane and I told, you know, he says, you know, yeah, he says, you know, we're going to church. I said, I know just the church. And you had actually, um, I think, looked out information on the church at the same time, and we both agreed that this was the church. I was digging for the truth, and in the end, I was like, the truth is, is God. I'm Ann Goddard, and this is my story. I'm Shane Goddard, and this is my story. Are you guys here this morning? I, I couldn't tell. No, Shane. All right. Shane works for the military, so he's, he's often uh, traveling quite a bit. But what a cool story. You know, I got to uh, uh, officiate their wedding here a few, few years ago. and uh, Well, a year ago, actually. And what was really cool about it is part of what we do in premarital counseling is we sit through and we start talking about faith. And I just say, so where are you at in your faith? And it was really cool to hear, I don't know if you caught it, but what Ann said was, um, you know, she had given her life to Christ right before then. And it was just cool. I'm like, when did you do that? She's like, I did it at your church. I'm like, awesome. Like, that's what it's about is for us to have that connection point. So I'm going to dive into the message in just a moment. I don't know many of you. And, uh, 
I know we're still, you know, we're slowly coming back to church, and it's summer in Minnesota too, and we only have, you know, two and a half months of that. And so uh, I'm just really grateful that you're here, that you chose to come and, and be here this morning. So just a huge thank you. Again, if I haven't met you yet, I would love to say hi to you on the way out today. So make sure you see me, find me. I just want to say hey. And, and if I don't get that chance, let me just say this as my prayer to you, is that before you leave here today, I pray that you would know that there is a Heavenly Father that thinks the absolute best about you, so much so he put a price tag on you and that was his son. I don't want to, if you can forget everything else I say today, but if you remember that, the simple message of the gospel, that's what we demonstrate through worship, through the testimony, through the message, through all that, because it's not about us, it's about him. And so we're here to serve him and we pray that our lives are a reflection to him. Amen. Amen. So hey, uh, can we just give Pastor Derek a huge thanks for sharing last week? Uh, he did. He did just a great job, and uh, you know, I got to listen to his message. And you know, usually, Pastor Derek and I, uh, to be very honest, sometimes when people come up to us and they go, oh, "That was a great message, Pastor Derek, Pastor Chris," we're like, "Great, but did it like change your life?" <laughs> you know, like we don't care if it's good or not. I don't care if it's the suckiest message I've ever preached. Did God transform you in some way, shape, or another? Because that's what matters to this boy and me. All right, Derek is my adopted son. He's only five years younger than me because I'm only twenty-two. Um, here's the other thing I want to say. Uh, because of the situation that we found out an hour before church, because we did have somebody diagnosed with COVID last week, uh, we had to postpone our kids' ministry, so I apologize. Uh, hopefully by next week we'll we be back. We just want to make sure we do extra sanitation in there that we were not able to do today. Uh, as far as K5 goes, I am not boring. So if you have kindergartners through fifth grade, sometimes they love hanging in here anywhere. So you're just going to have to hang with us for a while. As soon as we have details, when you guys can go back and party in the K-5 room, uh, we will let you know. We are trying to do our best balancing everything. I don't know, and please don't, I don't want to offend anybody, nor care what side of the fence you are on everything. What I'm trying to do is lead a church how the Holy Spirit would have me to do that. And so um, I'm asking Him to lead us, Him to guide us, Him to give us control. We prayed through the situation today. We're going to continue to do that today. If you meet anybody, a pastor, a leader, or anybody that you work with, or a family member that tells you how to lead and do things during this time, run away. Nobody knows. So we have to lean on the Holy Spirit. And I pray that's what you're doing with your life today. Are you leaning on God? Are you leaning on Him for what you have? It's kind of a paradox, and that's the series that we're in. How many have ever experienced a paradox in your life? few people? Okay. I have, like, every day. If you have teenagers, you experience paradoxes all the time. Okay? If you have kids, if you're married, you realize the only reason Jesus didn't sin is because he didn't, he wasn't married and he had no kids. Alright? That's, you, know, you often wondered, well, how did he do it? <laughs> Easy. Alright? That's, that's how. Alright? Now, there, there are many times, there, if, if you don't know that, some of you don't know me, you might be like, is this what this church is all about? <laughs> What's wrong with this Pastor, that's not biblical. I know, I'm joking, okay? Alright, so, look forward to your hate mail. It goes to Pastor Derek. Alright, so, what I want to do is I want to piggyback on what he shared last week because what he shared about was so crucial to the divine nature of the gospel and the fact that you and I, we can't earn salvation. Well, God, did I do enough? God, did I have enough? God, did I give enough? God, did I serve enough? God, did I volunteer enough? God, did I do enough during COVID? God, did I do enough during the race pandemic? God, did I do enough? Did I do enough? You know what God's going to say every time? I don't care. 
already did enough by sending my son. That's the paradox. You and I can't earn it. There's nothing you and I can do. Well, why do I keep trying? Because we're not trying for us. We're giving it to Him. It's a sacrifice. Our lives with Him should be a living, walking, breathing sacrifice of carrying our cross every single stinking day. Amen? Amen. That's what it's about. Now, there's many times that I've read through Scripture and I go through different chapters and, and my wife and I were reading through the Bible together and one year we're going through Job. Love you, Jesus. And, and one of the things is this. For those of you that haven't read it, I just encourage you, get in the Word, man. There's so many different plans. You can start with the verse. But I really want to take what he shared last week and really piggyback onto a paradox that I believe is one of those aha moments, or if I can put it in, in today's terms, holy crap, okay? Like, like oh my, yes, I said that from the public. Like, okay, oh my gosh, did, 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 what in the world? That's what it means? I've had one of those moments, and, and so I have a few different illustrations and a few different messages to share with you the next few weeks, that if you take what happens and what you see biblically and use it, it will transform your life, okay? Don't trust me, trust the Word. Go back to the Word on all of this. You know, I think so many times, Pastor Derek's message last week, I realized so many times I tried to earn it. I still try to earn salvation even though I preach that we can't earn it. I still do. Because we're wired to perform. You get a raise if you perform right. You know, you do all these things. You get accolades. People affirm you. They speak words. And and so I think for me, speaking just vulnerably, for me it got to a point where with my background, my history... I looked at a Heavenly Father as somebody that I had to go to to earn love. I had to go to it. Was I doing enough? Was I good enough? And I kept holding on and I kept having control, realizing that, you know, as Pastor Derek prayed, it's when I let go of control that He takes over. You know, and, and, and I realized that I am this crazy, like, performance freak. Like, I, I like, want to do it right. I'm a to-do list guy. Like, I, I don't like going home from church, church office hours, until my to-do list is done. Derek inherited that trait somehow, and we're not even blood-related. And he's still my son. But what happened, how many are like that? Like, you have your to-do list, and you need, like, you're just, you're like, okay, so I got the rest of you in here. The rest of you are like, whatever. We'll let that guy do it, because he'll do it. And I don't care. I get to go drink and have a merry time this week. And woohoo! Well, we're, but Derek and I are like, okay, we're going to do this. We've got to get all our eyes crossed. You know, for me, this started as an early age, but one of the things is when I went to get my driver's license. How many remember that fun time when you got your driver's license? Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, if you got it recently, had to wait in the DMV line for 18 days. Well, when I got my driver's license, I was a very proficient driver. Very good driver, never really had an accident, knocked on an iPad. I've never really had anything like that. And that was before my behind the wheel. Then I had my behind the wheel at St. Francis, where I'm from, and this guy shows up that's like half the size of Derek. Okay? And and his name, ready? How many remember little Paul that taught here? Little Paul was his name. He taught the behind the wheel class. That's what that was his name. He wanted us to call him Little Paul. I'm not trying to be derogatory. And so little Paul, he, he gets me in this and, and by the way, little Paul, he had like this aroma. Why is it that behind the wheel instructors sometimes have this like aroma? It, 
did. It smelled like mothballs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was or if he was like cooking salami in his trunk. I don't know. Okay. And so I, I sit in his car and, and we take off and, and I was very confident there was nobody else. This is my first behind the wheel. I just met little Paul. And we're driving north towards toward Spectacle Lake. We're on Highway 47. We take a left there between Spectacle and Green Lake. And he says, you're pretty confident in driving, aren't you? I said, I've done it since I was like 10. Yes. You know, up north. Come on. How many did it? Up north. Yeah, you still do. You drive up north. And, and so he goes, I got an idea then. I'm like, sweet. I said, what's the idea? He goes, well, I'm just going to pass you anyway. And so do you want to go out and hang in our boat? <laughs> I'm like, what? So he brings me to Spectacle Lake where his friend has a boat. This is my behind the wheel, okay? And so we get in this boat. And we're just driving around. And, and, and I'm sitting there going, I'm like a you know, 16, 17-year-old kid going, what is happening right now? And he's like, you're fine. You'll be fine. You'll pass. You're good. You know what you're doing. Basically, don't waste my time. Let's go have fun. Do you want to fish or do you want to ski? <laughs> Everything in me, though, this performance was like, you know, most people are like, cool. Oh, this is awesome. I was freaking out going, what if somebody catches me? Well, I'm going I'm to like lose my license. I'm like, what's going to happen? Well, then I get into my driver's test and this performance thing still kept going. And, and I only got docked on one thing on my driver's test. I was a good driver. That's why I got to go skiing during my behind the wheel. And, and here's what happened. You remember when you park uphill, you got to turn your wheels one way and then you have to be a certain amount of inches from the curb. How many? 12. It's 12. I thought it was 6'2". It's 12. Maybe it changed. So I park, I do it, and I don't think it's good enough. So I redo it, repark it, turn my wheels the right way. Don't ask me which way is the right way. I don't remember. But I did it the right way then. And I, and I stop, and, and I get done with the, taking the license, and the instructor just says, yeah, I had to dock you a few points. And I'm like, what? I wanted to ace this sucker. I go, what did you dock me on? You know what he said? I'll never forget this as long as I live. Because I docked you for wasting my time. The first time you did it, it was totally fine. Wow. So I don't know about you, but let's stop wasting God's time by telling Him what our worth is when He already defined it. What's my worth? Well, He put a price tag on it pretty big. Pretty big. So let me ask you this this morning. Let's, let's make this real here this morning. What is the thing that you desire? What is the one thing that you desire? What is the thing you're striving for? You don't have to say it out loud, but maybe it's unconditional love. Maybe it's something that you crave because your earthly mom and dad never gave it to you. Maybe that's something you just crave. Maybe it's acceptance because you think you're, because of your history, God doesn't accept you right where you're at. Maybe it's your worth. You're not sure you've done enough to be worthy. Maybe it's understanding. You're desperate for somebody to understand you. You know God, you know, so what you do is you go, well, I'll pray more. I'll worship more. I'll, I'll, I'll give more. I'll do more, you know, and it goes on and on. But maybe on the flip side, maybe you're going, I'm not after receiving something, maybe you're going, I've been trying to conquer something. I've been trying to give up something. I can't do it. Maybe it's, maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's something totally different. I don't know. But we all got stuff. You ever met somebody that's got baggage? You ever met somebody that didn't? You don't think you have baggage? That's your baggage. We all have baggage. We all have stuff. You ever met that person? You're like, they're a little off. You know, when they leave in their car, they say the same thing about you. We're all a little off. None of us normal. If I hear one more person say the new normal, I'm going to smack them, okay? There's no new normal. The world's changed. Get over it. Get on board. That church.
Katrina's left, okay? Oh, I just can't wait till things get back to normal because I don't like the new normal. I don't know what that is. I'm just going to serve God. I don't care what the world looks like. I don't care what happens because I'm going to serve Him. Period. Amen? That's where I'm at. All right. God, forgive me of those times. And forgive me, church, for those times where I have taken the practical application of a message and gone, here's ten steps, follow this. I don't think that's biblical. God's really been showing me a few things. And I want to just unpack one this morning. Let me give you a scripture that's really, really a tough scripture. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Be perfect. I don't like this verse. Be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. I actually love this verse, I'm joking. Because I think when we first read this, we're like, well, I can't do it. Jesus' words. The end here of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says this. Be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Alright, who's doing it? I'm not. I'm not even close, man. I mean... You know, some of my teens are really close, but I'm not. See, you can't do it. This verse is not meant to be condemning. It's meant to be completely freeing. It's a realization of where and who and what and why we put our trust in Him. Okay? That's why. And so I want you this morning, whatever it is you've been striving for, whatever it is that you have been wanting to earn, whatever it is you've been like just longing to, for God to deal with in you, you know, the thing that you pray about, the thing that you focus on, the thing you dream on, the thing that, you know, you're going, God, why does this not happen? Maybe it's a, a spouse that needs Jesus. Maybe it's a child that, that something happened. Maybe it's a rough area. Maybe it's something at work. I don't know. But what I want you to know is that you can be better with Him than when that situation is better. Just trust. And so I want to show you how this all plays out. And so I'm going to bring you back to the Old Testament just for the remainder of our time a little bit. So if you have a Bible or an app, open up with me to second. Second Kings, and it's chapter 6. If you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen for you. And, and here it is. And, and this is, uh, don't go there yet, but this is one of my favorite stories of the Old Testament. Because the first time you read it, and the first time I read this, I was like, why is this in the Bible? Like literally. You ever read that? Like you read through something and sometimes we read something in the Bible and we're like, I'm not sure what that said. And then you read something in the Bible and you're like, why is that even in there? This was one of those stories for me for a very, very long time. Let's read it together. 2 Kings chapter 6, the first six verses. The company of the prophets said to Elijah, so there's a whole bunch of prophets, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordans, the river, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he was kind of like the chief prophet, Elijah, at this time. Elijah was no longer. Elisha's there. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. First few times I ever read this story, I was like, I don't get it, God. Like, Lord, you're the Lord of miracles. You're just going to make some iron float? Cool. Who cares? 
And then I realized the depth of what's really happening here. The depth of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to teach us this morning. The depth of how God can take something that maybe seems obscure in the Old Testament thousands and thousands of years ago and is so relevant to our walk with God today. I don't care what age you are this morning, you're going to get something right now. So just open your ears to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. I want to look at a few elements of this story. Here's what was happening. You had this group of prophets there. They ran out of room. They needed to build a place. They're building this. One of the, one of the prophets, who was not that old, he was pretty young still, still learning, he was training to be a prophet, borrowed somebody's axe, went here, was chopping down something. It wasn't even his own fault. And the axe had fell in the Jordan. Miracles performed so that they can get it and give it back to its owner. Now, I'm going to ask you to take a deep jump with me right now. Here's the deep jump. I want you to think about, during this whole message right now, for the remainder of our time, what is the thing that you have asked and prayed God for, or the thing that you know He's dealing with you on, or the thing that you go, man, this is the part of my heart that I need help with. Whatever that thing is, I want you to think about that in the background as we go through this scripture together. Because there's a few things that took place. The first is this. He had to admit. He had to admit. Okay? The prophet had to admit he lost something that he wanted. What is it that you need to let go of? What do you have to admit? What if I tell you, and ready for this? This is the paradox. That the thing that you need to let go or receive is impossible to do. The only way to let something go is to realize that you can't. What? See, to gain control you need to lose control. To gain control, you need to give control up. It's a paradox. I'll give you an example for me. I, I crave affirmation. I crave encouraging words. I tell our elder board and my wife all the time, I just need a cheerleader. There's so much garbage and crap happening in the world. That's what I need. And sometimes I equate those affirming words with my worth. One example is this, and it comes into repentance, where, where repentance says, God, forgive me for not losing the weight I want. Well, that's kind of surface level repentance where a deeper level repentance says, Lord, forgive me for thinking I would receive worth if I lost more weight because you already love me just the way I am right now. That's a deeper level rooted repentance. I had to admit that. Now, I'm not up here to share all my garbage. I've got plenty. And it's not a laundry list of Chris's you know, issues. We all have those. But what is the thing that you're going, I need to get rid of? You realize you can't. Only God can do it. He had to admit. Second thing is this. Elijah said, take me to where it happened. Okay? Why is this important? Take me to where you lost it. Where did I lose my self-worth? I think it was in my formative years where I forgot about what it looked like. Elijah asked this prophet in training, where did it fall? Where did it fall? Healing happens where the hurt happened. A lot of times. You have to stop rejecting your past. Okay? Some of us reject our past. I don't want to think about it. Okay? You need to accept it. Stop trying to change you and accept you. God already has. Well, if I just do this, if I go through these ten steps, if I do this. If God is okay with you, why aren't you okay with you? Allow the Holy Spirit to do what he did here. This prophet in training took Elijah over to where he lost the axe head. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to take you to that place of hurt so that he can do what you and I can't on our own? 
Allow the Holy Spirit to do that because it's where you find the healing needed is where you lost it in the first place. Next, start confessing that you don't have what it takes. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> How many, I don't know, but that's freeing to me. I can't do it, God. What did the prophet say? Oh no! That axe head was what? It was borrowed. It wasn't even his to begin with. Okay? okay? He couldn't do it. We have to confess. We don't have what it takes. This prophet in training couldn't do the miracle. He couldn't do it. You and I can't fix ourselves. Well, if I just do XYG, if I just figure it out, if I keep on this training program, then I'll be accepted. Then I'll figure out this issue. Then I'll find this healing. Then I'll be able to forgive. Then I'll be able to repent. Then I'll be, And we keep it on us. God wants you to lose that and to give up that control today. You see, faith begins... Where your power ends. And really, it's an assumed power. It's an illusion. Control's an illusion too. Well, I'm just going to keep control of my life. When we give up that control, that's where God steps in. Faith is embracing the unseen. Rather than denying it, okay, faith is, is realizing the unseen. Rather than denying it or trying to define it. I don't know about you, but I like my stuff in a neat little box all the time. It doesn't always fit there. Okay? What is the thing you keep trying to achieve? What is the roadblock for you? And how's it going? You tired of it? You tired of trying to deal with it? You tr- are you, how, how are you doing on the self-control when you really want to say something to somebody on social media? doing when the political party you disagree with does something you don't like? Are you, are you being Christ-like? Because you can't do it on your own. It's only Christ in you. Are we letting Christ work in us? Are we saying, I know that when I posted that, Jesus would be proud of that. Well, it got really quiet in here. For me, it's not about posting anything. For me, it was self-worth. It was acceptance. I always wanted to be accepted. I always wanted to be the one that everybody said, I want to go hang out with him. You know, I I wanted to be that guy. I wasn't that guy. So I did a lot of dramatic arts and theater and and, and all these things and would take people to the best restaurants and thought, well then, then I'll feel worth. But I still had this like thing where I didn't didn't feel it. Maybe I'll, I'll grow a ministry. I'll start a ministry. Then God will be more proud of me. Then he'll accept me the way I want to be accepted. No, 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 no. Forgive me, Lord, for thinking that when you already accept me for who I am. Next, it's always God who finds it. You can't find whatever you lost. Only God can. God's the Redeemer, not you and I. Amen? Amen? God's the one who finds it. You, ready for this? You cannot find what you lost. What happened? Elijah, Elisha said, take me to where you lost it. Uh, it's over here. I don't know where it's at. I mean, it, it sunk. And then we see a miracle take place. You cannot find what you lost, nor were you ever supposed to. I hope this is freeing to you today. It's freeing to me just as I'm sharing it. The miracle is in the fact that He has what you need and you never will. Amen? You with me? I know it's deep this morning. Stay with me. Okay? Performance last week. Pastor Derek... Well, if I just do enough, if I just do enough, then I'll get that that promotion at work. If I just do enough, then X, Y, Z happens. You know, during this COVID time, the last few months, I 
don't know about you, but I was going stir crazy some days. And so I decided to do something really fun with my kids. And how many, you ever done those like yes and no situational riddles? You ever done those where there's a situation and you ask a yes or no uh, questions to figure out the riddle? Yeah, we, we did them, we'd post them on the fridge almost daily for a while. And, and one of my favorite riddles, now if you're not a riddle person, don't start with this one. But if you're a riddle person, it's the greatest riddle in the world. And the riddle starts like this. The riddle says a woman goes into a cave and the music stops and you got to figure out what's going on. So you ask yes or no questions to figure this out. Don't do this riddle until you do some real riddles first because this riddle is actually a fake riddle. It's not a real riddle. All you do is you just go yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, back and forth until they realize you're just playing tricks on them. It's the greatest riddle ever. Just to watch the, like, did a lion eat him? Yes. Did a lion not eat him? No. So a lion ate him? Yes. Did a tiger eat him? No, you just keep going back and forth, you know, and all this. It's just funny to watch. If you ever just want to confuse your family or friends, use that riddle. It's a blast. But here's the point of it. No matter how hard you try to figure out the situation, there is no situation. So why do we continue to strive for something we can never do? Why do we try to keep redeeming something we're never called to redeem? Next is this. Though you let it go, you allow God to do that, you still have to reach out to receive. What did Elijah say to him? Go reach out your hand and take it. Take what's yours. This is a free gift given for you and for me. God will never force himself on you. I mean, Derek might force himself on you, but nobody here other than him will. He'll force raisin canes down your throat, dude. You add some honey mustard to that and blend it with the little strawberries, it tastes okay. But other than that, ugh. You have to receive. Okay? In God's kingdom, you have to let something go, but you can't do it. You have to let Him. And to receive something, you have to let it go. It's, it's backwards. It's a paradox. Let me give you the last one here. The borrowed axe head, it's not His, is a representation of God's Spirit given to us. Okay? God's Holy Spirit was poured out for all. In fact, we teach in our church what's known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive gifts of the Holy Spirit when you receive this. You know, it's not just for the Jew, it's not just for the Christian that has it all figured out. Well, that's just something for like those pastors and those crazy people. You know? Those, those crazy wackadoodle people in the church that, that like that Holy Spirit stuff. No, that's for you and me. That's for all of us. God gave that His Son. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, He said, now I'm going to send them the Comforter, the, the Helper. Okay, the Greek is the paraclete, the one that stays with us. Just think of paracletes when you're playing baseball, okay? The paraclete, he's with us always. You know, part of my salvation experience, for those of you that don't know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in church. I hated going to church. I thought it was a drag, man. And, and I remember when I was 17 years old, I said, Lord, if you're real, show me. Before I gave my life to Christ, I had an experience with the Holy Spirit. You realize the Holy Spirit cares more for our lost friends than we do? He does. He does. Okay? What is the thing or the things you keep trying to get? Is it success? Is it worth? Is it value, love, some kind of virtue, morality, making sense of the world? Good luck. Is it salvation? What, What is it? What's the thing you've kept trying to earn? Let me give you the most important point. If you don't remember anything else of this message, I want you to remember this right now. Put it on the screen. Stop trying to get something you already have in Jesus. That's really good. Okay? That's a really good point. That's like my favorite point I've ever had. 
So write it down. It's good. I'm writing it down. I have it right here. I have it in my notes. I'm praying this. I'm remembering it. Why do we keep trying to get something? We already have in Him. We already have freedom. We already have worth. We already have acceptance. We already have salvation. We already have all of that. Well, I'm just going to keep performing. All right? I'm doing it again. That's what we're doing. Over and over and over again. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. Exactly. See, we don't know the name of this person. We don't know who this was. We don't. We only know Elisha's name. I'm a minute over, so let me just close with this thought. You have four Gospels in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the story of Christ from His birth to His resurrection. Each one shares a little different historical part. And each one shares different insights and different stories from their own perspective. But you know what all four have in common other than the story of, of Christ? None of them, not one time, not one time, we, we ascribe that they're Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We, we guess who they are. That's why we call them that. But not what time, one time in there do you see an author's name of who wrote those. Right here, we don't see this. Okay? Because it's not about the performance. It's not about the doing. It's about the fact that He accepts me. When you think no one else knows your name, He does. I'm going to put the church number up on the screen for you. And here's what I want to ask you to do today. If you just want to say hi, say hi. We have a text option on our phone. This is what we ask you to do every Sunday. You can do this throughout the week. If you say, Pastor Chris, Pastor Derek, I need to accept Christ today and make Him my Savior. You just text yes. We pray for you. And we'll get you out of here today. God, I thank you that we were able to come in here today, God, with friends and new people I've met. and We got to come in and worship you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for Shane and Ann's testimony. Lord, the message of Pastor Derek's sister and everything that you've done in and through her, all the 7,000 photographs of what you've done. And Lord, take that offering and, and multiply it so we continue to be the light because the light shines best in the darkness. Thank God for anyone that your Holy Spirit is speaking to today. If there's something that we need to let go or to hold on, may we do it in you and you alone. Jesus, have your way in us this morning. Continue to speak. We pray in your name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.